Good morning, Heather. Good morning, Bob. And all of you out there, please bring up a chair. We're having our weekly coffee clutch, Heather Lofthouse and I. Um, Heather, good week? I mean, we're here. They've been better. They've been better. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff in the news going on. A lot of um, positive COVID letters coming home from my child's school that you navigate. Well, you know, uh, it's interesting. I, I keep on hearing from people that uh, they've never been so stressed, depressed, worried. I mean, we have war, a pandemic still going on, new variations, uh, people worried about all sorts of things. Uh, but when I think about, you know, bad years, I go back to 1968 uh, when I was getting, getting into college. I tell my students this. And we had Vietnam War, 10,000, 20,000 people being shipped off, my friends being shipped off to Vietnam, uh, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. being assassinated, Bobby Kennedy being assassinated, uh, you know, riots all over America. Uh, and at the end of all of this, Richard Nixon being elected president. I mean, I thought the country was really, that was the end. I thought that was the end. Uh, we got through it. We'll get through this. Right. Right? That's part of why I like our conversations like this. And I think why your students like to hear from you, because you do say, zoom out for a minute, step away from social media. Let's look at the larger picture and trends. Uh, yeah. And uh, this week, uh, in terms of <laughs> larger picture yeah. and trends, uh, what uh, what's on your mind? Well, so I have a couple things. First of all, I mean, I think we all want to know, are you going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner tonight? And if so, what are you wearing? Oh, the big question of the day. Yes, of course. I'm going to, my tux is, is hard <laughs> and pressed and all ready to go. Uh, but it is, you know, you are raising, ironically, uh, this awkward question for the president, for all of the White House uh, and administration officials and, and official Washington. Doesn't it feel kind of uh, weird and wrong uh, to have uh, this great display of opulence and sort of a celebration and humor at a time when so much is going wrong. I mean, it, when a war is going on, I, I don't know. I have very mixed feelings. By the way, I'm not going, in case you thought I might. I did not think you were. But yeah, the correspondence dinner. Ooh, who are we honoring? It's terrifying to even think about. Well, also, there's an upsurge in this mm -hmm. country, and it's been upsurging for years, of anti-establishment populism on the left and the right. And uh, the White House Correspondents' Dinner is almost an emblem of what that establishment is. This is why Donald Trump would never go. Mm -hmm. Wisely, I think, uh, from his politics and from his standpoint. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's too elitist. Yeah. Yes. Um he, we could talk about him and elitism and anti-elitism. I mean, that's it's interesting the way he plays. Um, okay, so here's a question for you. Yesterday, we're told the economy shrank, contracted in Q Q1 of this year, right, for the first three months. Um, but now economists are saying it's overheating. What is happening? I mean, how can you have contraction at the same time? It's, yeah, I don't it's understand. Overheating. And is there going to be a recession? I mean, I think that's what a lot of people want to know. What is it? What's the next? Well, I think phase? They're, they're slightly different questions, but I, I think the fact of the matter is that right now the economy is still doing very, very well. There's a lot of new job creation. There's a lot of expansion. Consumers still are feeling pretty good. Remember, two thirds of this economy is consumer spending. 
And as long as consumers have some money and they still have some savings, uh, everything is, is pretty good. Uh, the Fed is obviously worried about inflation. Inflation is the one big negative. Uh, but the problem is the Fed has only one tool. Mm -hmm. And if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yep. If you have the one tool of raising interest rates, that's all you're going to use. And that's what's happening now. Uh, the Fed is on the verge of raising interest rates, in my view, much too fast, too much. Um, and uh, it's not really dealing with the underlying problem, which is not wage push inflation. Uh, it is profit push inflation. We've talked about this before, Heather. I don't want to use up our valuable coffee clutch time. Right. Uh, but it's important that people understand uh, that the real problem out there is not wages, which have not risen for most people in 40 years adjusted for inflation. Uh, and even now, for most for most workers, are, the wages are going down adjusted for inflation. The real problem is that corporations in so many industries have so much power over prices. Mm -hmm. They're able to set prices and they're using the excuse of inflation to raise prices. Right. And I mean, report after report continues to come out showing what happened specifically during these past years, during the pandemic, how much went to stock buybacks, how little went to the workers. The graphs are astounding. And how few of these, I mean, Walmart has 1.6 million employees. That's practically the size of West Virginia. What corporations do for their workers, that matters. And so to see how little and the majority of these companies that made the most during the pandemic are not paying a living wage and are richer and richer and richer, it's we keep getting new graphs saying, you know, different versions of the same thing. It's horrifying to see. And people wonder why the non-college educated population in America is so angry uh, well, obviously they're angry. Why are they voting for Trump-like Republicans? Because the Democrats are not really offering an alternative. Yes, the Democrats are coming up with a lot of ideas. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, uh, the Democratic wing of the Democratic Party. But as long as there are the Joe Manchins and yeah. the corporate Democrats standing in the way, uh, then what option is there for so much of America uh, to get ahead? Uh, contrast this, again, going back in time, 40 years ago, uh, the biggest employer in America was not Walmart, not Amazon. It was General Motors. Mm -hmm. And General Motors, employing huge numbers of people, uh, their starting wage in today's dollars, if you look at the wages, was $30 an hour. If you add in benefits, it was $50 an hour. Why were those workers doing so much better? Because they had a union. Right. That's it. Okay, well, you just mentioned mansion politics. Um, this week, I was reading the Substack, as many of us were, and listening. Um, and a couple times you mentioned Republican officials at all levels who now supports Trump's big lie. But even those who initially didn't are now saluting, falling in line. What is happening? And what is the significance? And I think, this is, I think this is the most frightening. I mean, this, uh, this is what's happening out in the hustings. And, and I think it's happening in large part because people are so frustrated and angry. Uh, it, it goes from everything we've talked about this morning, the White House correspondence dinner, that kind of elitism all the way through. I'm not getting ahead. Who's getting ahead? Only people who are in New York and elitists on the, on the coasts uh, and in Washington, you know, they're getting ahead. But the, the game is rigged against me. All of that 
is going on. And Donald Trump has taken advantage of it. He says it over and over again. And his his litmus test is the 2020 election. Uh, now, you and I both know the reason that Donald Trump has focused obsessively on the 2020 election as being a fake election, as stealing the election from him, is because his own kind of crazy pathological narcissism would not allow him to accept the fact he lost. But he, given his hold of the Democratic Party, uh, the Republican Party, uh, 85% of Republicans now believe that Trump is correct. They believe the big lie. Uh, one of the most dangerous lies in terms of eroding confidence in our democracy, trust in our system, 85% of, of, of Republicans. So you had Republicans who initially, right after the election of 2020, uh, they, uh, many of them were honest and straightforward and they said, no, Trump is wrong. Uh, after the January 6th insurrection, they said, no, this is bad. They are now all kissing the ring uh, or the derriere. They are, they are showing fealty to this crazy man. Uh, I don't know a time in American politics, I mean, even including 1860, 1861, just before the Civil War, when you had a major party in the United States going off the rails in such a profound and dangerous way. I know. And it's fewer and fewer um, Republicans who are sticking to their guns. I mean, I, to watch people pass over. I mean, sticking to their constitutional oath of office. Right, that too. I mean, uh, who other than, I mean, can you name? No, Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney. Can, I, Liz can we Cheney. name anyone? I mean, there are a, a couple a few, of others, yeah. but they're all either retiring mm -hmm. or being forced to retire. Uh, we, having, we are witnessing the takeover of a party by a, a maniac. And uh, I don't want to stretch the historical illusion too much, uh, but look at 1924, 25, mm -hmm. 26, 27, 28 uh, in Germany. Uh, right. And if you really want to get depressed, uh, but again, if you want to be a little bit upbeat, uh, look at what, you know, we've survived. We survived 1968. We will survive this, but not easily. We, we, this calls for extraordinary courage mm -hmm. and activism mm -hmm. by all of us. And tenacity, because the whole, uh, another thing you often talk about is cynicism and wanting to kind of press eject. And also, I read something on Twitter the other day about corruption fatigue. And I do, I think there's lots of things going on and why it's hard to do, to stay in it. Well, there's outreach fatigue. I right. think a lot of people, and maybe some of you out there listening to this, uh, say to yourself, I just, I just can't deal anymore with all of these problems. It's making me crazy. I, I, I've just got to take a rest. I'm, I'm, I've got to deactivate myself. Right. I understand that. But unfortunately, over the next six months leading up to the midterms mm -hmm. and then Beyond that, all the way to the 2024 election, especially if Trump is going to be running, uh, we can't afford to turn off and tune out. We've got to stay involved, right? passionately committed. Now, that's something you often tell your students, too, because I've been in your courses. And so where are we in the semester? You're about to be done. So when you look at these 800 faces... I mean, the te teaching assistants, you have about 20, right, who show up and, I mean, it's the, this is a huge undertaking that you do yesterday, every, Fridays. Every week. It's every like, week. Pl it's like planning D-Day every I week. Know. So what advice are you giving them 
after, I mean, after all the things we discuss and how are they showing up to the class? Are they still in it? Are they exhausted? Well, they, Is it they're, both? they're exhausted. You know, everything, uh, the pandemic, the economy, they're worried about even getting a job. Uh, many of them have student loans. Um, I would, I don't envy them. I worry about them. I worry about the stress they're under, quite frankly. Um, they'll do fine. They are going to be graduates of one of the best, the best public university in the country, University of California, Berkeley. Um, I don't worry about them in econ economic terms, although they are worried. Uh, no, I worry about them just in terms of their, like everybody these days, but I think young people, especially their sense of the future, their sense of how they're going to make it through the future, how they and their generation are going to do. Uh, I was talking to one of them the other day and I said, well, you're not exactly Generation Z. You were born in the 21st century. Um, what do you call yourself? And this young student looked at me and said, we call ourselves the last generation. No. Yeah. Oh, that's a killer. Heather, we've got to end. Oh, You've got to on run. that? But no, no, let's end on some positive. Yeah, something. There has to be something positive. Um, what can it be? Well, it could be. It's a beautiful day. It's a nice day. It's not raining. It's not raining. And but that's a problem. It's not oh, raining. Well, sir, my In back California. doesn't hurt as bad today as it did yesterday. How is your that's back? That's positive. No, I don't really no, don't kidding. want to go into um, all these things. Well, I mean, tomorrow's another day. We're you know putting what? out good videos. We can talk about, oh, I, I'm going to last. My friend, my best friend from college came and visited me last weekend. And you know, in the midst of all of this, family and friendship, that's what matters. And we had the best time. Oh, and we good. just looked at the last, you know, there's a, we looked at the last 55 years of our friendship and it, it was, we just laughed all weekend. And revisited. And laughter. And laughter, I have a, a little formula. Laughter is critically important. Friendship is critically important. Dancing. Yes. Dancing. Swing dancing. Oh. Yeah. You want to really cure yourself of the blues? Yeah. Swing dance. Well, so Gen X, I'm Gen X, and we there was a big resurgence of swing dancing when I was about between 18 and 22. Oh, it's huge. Well, it's still there. It's still there. Zoot suit riot. Well, I don't know about that one. <laughs> But do that. Okay. All right. Uh, wonderful to see you. And you. Thank you for Thank the coffee. You. And all of you, have a great week.